What's up? You're listening to the Scholarly Spark podcast. Here's your chance to finally become interested in learning and find out what you're genuinely curious about. Join me as we discover the secrets of South Asia and experience different foods, the latest technologies, immerse ourselves in a variety of phenomenal cultures, find out about interesting people we never knew existed, and learn about what no one else dared to find out. I'm Kamal Narayanan, taking you on a journey through the mysteries of South Asia, all from the convenience of your headphones. Here we go. Yeah, I think definitely there has to be some some improvement in the way we we ask students to to engage in active learning because they need to be able to retain the stuff a lot better than they are right now. Yeah, and it may be that uh, teachers coming out of uh, uh, PhD programs today, especially, uh, well, certainly in in, in K through twelve, they have to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but more and more are 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 uh, are savvy. Uh, I've seen some that think uh, reading their PowerPoint on the screen is an effective way of teaching. <laughs> and you know, no. you, look at, you know, sometimes I'll pass a class. This doesn't happen that much where I am, but uh, very devoted teaching faculty uh, as, as well as everything else they do. But I'll ask a student. You know, I see students shaking their head as they come out, and I said, "What's that? What's that?" She goes. Why don't they just give it as a handout? <laughs> we can read. You know, why do we have to sit in the dark? You know, and read. Yeah. And then I make my own PowerPoint to support a paper I'm giving, and it's all text heavy, <laughs> right? You know, yeah. what is it? But he and he, uh, without sin, cast the first stone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, what's your perspective on uh, on the future of South Asia? Um. I I think they're gonna that that specific region is is really gonna it's really up and coming. It's gonna I think it's gonna pretty much overtake most of the other regions in the world just because of the the variety of culture and and the booming economy and 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 how labor is outsourced to to South Asian countries. Mm-hmm. I think yeah I think definitely they they have a chance of becoming one of the top producing countries regions in the in the world. And they can overtake like big name countries like the like North like U.S. and maybe China. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, India has a much younger population than China. Exactly. China, yeah, exactly. Begging people to have children. You know. <laughs> oh the, yeah, yeah. You know, the problem is that both China and India are really dependent on fresh water from the same place. Mm-hmm. Places drying up. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, those glaciers are melting very, very quickly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, India at least has. Of course, we don't know how strong the monsoons may remain. Right, that's true. That's uh, true. Right? But, but China will be hit by all the coastal uh, the mm-hmm. typhoons. Uh, India only has occasionally mm-hmm. because of the wind current. Uh, yeah. But you know, it's interesting that there were you're going to this period of uh, fi- uh, religious fundamentalism, mm-hmm. uh, nationalism, right? Uh, uh, intense uh, fervor about one's uh, country as opposed yep. to others. Meanwhile, you've got populations like in, in South Asia in particular that are all over the world. You know, it's, it's like talking about Irish nationalism when they're like five times more Irish that don't live there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, yeah. In Ireland, right? That was a, during all the troubles in Ireland. There were more Irish in Britain. Yep. There, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Obviously, that's a much more complicated issue. But as we globalize, mm-hmm. uh, there are, is what something we call any globalism. Yeah. Pushback. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we have Ayatollah Khomeini in our rearview mirror, but we see a lot of people in our headlights now. Who yeah. 
who want to uh, uh, change things. By the way, I must recommend an article yeah. by uh, a person named Parekh. Mm-hmm. And it's a, a fictional debate between Gandhi and Osama bin Laden. And it was, uh, I think if you just Google that, you'll get it. And I've been using it in so many classes because I teach modern world revolutions, right. and, uh, history of the Middle East, and uh, Islam in mm-hmm. world. And uh, 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 Osama bin Laden was still alive at the time. But what, what he did, did is he creates a dialogue between the two of them uh, as if they're living, using their own words. That is not putting words into their mouths, but digesting them. So Osama bin Laden will talk about how you know he, he wants a, a happy Islamic world where there's no foreign influence and Jews can live in peace and mm-hmm. uh, you know things like that that sound sound really good. And and Gandhi says, Yeah, but you know how empires go. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. you just want to resurrect the Ottoman Empire, right? Yeah. Right. And without Turks, right? I mean, who would, right? Uh, anyway, uh, and uh, he, uh, Gandhi says, well, we're, we're, you know, both of us were victim, have been victims of forms of colonialism. Right, right, right. And, uh, and so I understand that completely, but you can't, nothing's better when you become a, a colonialist yourself. And of course, the issue of religious freedom, what, what Gandhi always said, uh, if, if there's coercion in religion, then what is it? It's not a belief system; it's it's a fear system. Right, uh, and uh, so you get a you really get a good sense of the kinds of things Gandhi believed and Osama bin Laden. Of course, almost all the students will identify with Gandhi. Yeah, in Western democracy, you would expect that to happen. But mm-hmm. some of the students understand that uh, Osama bin Laden was coming from a place of pain, which in many ways very artificial. For example, he wanted the U.S. out of Saudi Arabia, and we got out. Yeah. You know, we, we used to have thousands, hundreds, of, you know, yeah, lots yeah. of troops, or we don't need more. Um, but uh, that's one of those things that you really want to go in depth. You learn more, and and all almost all the students understand that, uh, that the Soviet invasion of Afghanistan was where uh, uh, Al Qaeda was born. Yeah, uh, and the invasion of Iraq has spun off into ISIS. So the founder of that, of course, was a member of Al Qaeda. Mm-hmm. But it's nice to see the world less complicated. You know, in the minds of students, without it becoming simplified or dumb. You know, uh, uh, I can break down four reasons why Ho Chi Minh became a communist, mm-hmm. but they're all complex within themselves. Exactly, they're understandable and they are connected. Mm-hmm. Same concerns, and when you see the connection, you go, "Okay, so you, you don't have to memorize all these things because they're holistic." Yeah. And, and he says, so how do you do in your life? Uh, when your girlfriend or boyfriend broke up with you, why did they do that? <laughs> right? It's never just one thing. <laughs> like that. It's always it's just funny. <laughs> Apparently, most divorces occur because of different standards of cleanliness. Oh, my God, really? Yes, but the thing is that that's how, that's how good a historian has to be. Oh, and yeah, like that kind of level. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, understanding the cultural basis of many things mm, that happen. That's so true, yeah. Yeah, that only have value as a culture, which is not politics. It just, it reflects, the politics reflects it, but often dimly. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite story, and I'm probably wrong with it, is that around 1500, orphanages started appearing in England. Right. There weren't orphanages before. I mean, there were, there was something like it, but not like orphanages where parents would, you know, I mean, children would have no parents because the, the parents had relatives and they yeah, took them in. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it's a kind of sign that you're moving towards a commercial economy, which is what was happening. Uh, people wanted the freedom to do what they wanted. Yep. Individuals and not be as tied down to family as they used to. And it's just a kind of, what is it, a canary in the mind? A little thing setting off. Things are changing now. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just got a, a, an article out of, a, a, oh, I think it's GQ, which, oh, was, wow. mm -hmm. which was abandoned. And we have a place where you bring books and magazines and mm -hmm. people can pick them up. And it, one of the stories in it was about the pinball machine. And how many times in American history that was seen as like a, from, uh, uh, well, anyway, as seen a bad thing that mm -hmm. people who yeah. write is mob controlled right. or students sh are, should be in school and said they're playing pinball. Mm -hmm. And that there's this thing where it got respectable and then unre not respected, respected, and then not respected. <laughs> and to show the ebb and flow of things we think of at the moment, you know, are... Well, of course, marijuana is going to be one of those, right? Uh, uh, legalization yeah, yeah. marijuana. When you go back to the 50s and then the 30s and things like that. But it, it's once you realize that things are happening that way, you take the edge out of all this anger that we have. That, uh, yeah. But we can't be passive. A lot of people say that what happens now is people post a, a thing, I hate that too, and then that's the last thing they ever do about it. <laughs> and to yeah, be yeah. active, to be really active, yeah, puts you in amongst people who may be a hell of a lot more active than you that you don't understand or really control. Right. Uh, right. So it, uh, it, it's just an amazing world we live in. And uh, what, what is it? As Woody Allen once said, ninety percent of life is just showing up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> when, you, when you can't when you can't do that then things are really really bad <laughs> uh, so uh i i think you know it's always good to be optimistic but it's it's not going to be it'll be a lot more rosy if we engage in the world we live in. yeah yeah and and just from that answer like it's clear there's a lot of issues within south asian history and and how would you say we we manage manage these issues in south asian history and uh, come to terms with well, you know, as a, a historian, I contextualize it historically. You're right. Yeah. You know, yeah. Babri Masjid, for example. We can contextualize that. Mm. Uh, 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 but you can do it falsely. I mean, you could bring up evidence that's not real. Yeah. Uh, on both sides. And, and of course, we're not talking about the, the larger idea that it's a belief that the uh, Lord Rama was born there. Uh, and that is a very powerful emotional idea. But right. You know, uh, at the highest level of Hindu philosophy, of course, the gods are, there are no gods, I guess. It's a way of putting it, strictly. Mm -hmm. I like the idea from Hindu philosophy that the reason why the gods all gather around Buddha, you know, and around gurus and stuff like that, is because they're so happy that someone's going to get off uh, the wheel of samsara. Right. <laughs> because yeah. they can't. They can't. <laughs> you know, the, the gods... Uh, ones that live in the sky and things like that. What these these gods are always going to be gods. They're never going to be released from operating in in the world that we live in. Yeah, I mean they're not material beings in the world we live in, but there's a larger world that we live in, and they're always there. And some of them are doing really good work, <laughs> you know, like Bodhisattvas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the four, and the four uh, main uh, uh, Buddhas. Yes, uh, yeah. Things like that. You know, they're they're really doing good work, but. <laughs> They're doing good work self-sacrificially. 
and uh, uh, I always like to think I always like to think that you know we're we're actually better than gods because we can become fulfilled as to be a full human, as it says in you know, Confucianism, Ren, to become a truly a human is the most wonderful thing in the universe. Mm. And and even the gods know that. <laughs> really? Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, you know, Confucius was asked, uh, yeah. how, how, you know, uh, Master, how do we how do we please heaven? And he said, <laughs> I can't even please my wife. <laughs> <laughs> how, how, how to please heaven? <laughs> we have a structure of a moral way of living that has strengths and weaknesses, but yeah. uh, you know that's all we can do. We can just find our path, and uh, I like yeah, that, yeah. you know, not harming others yeah. uh, while you seek your own. And uh, that, mm. that's, that's a good way. What is it? That's a good thing. Yeah, as Martha Stewart would say. <laughs> um, well, what, yeah. yeah. What's your What's your What would you say is your your favorite? South Asian philosophy is something from, from that. Well, um, I used to just live in the li- in the research library. Yep. And, and I spent a lot of time studying Buddhism. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, about the time I was starting to get my first job and stuff like that, I encountered a religion called the Baha'i Faith, mm-hmm. which is... Uh, you know, you could say it's a fantasy because it's a collection of, it represents all the best things in every religion. But it actually believes that it's the fulfillment of all these other religions. And it has things like independent investigation of truth, no clergy, racial equality, um, an end to sexism and racism, and uh, a more cooperative form of economy, not socialism, not government run, uh, but, but something more humane in terms of the, the economy. And I decided that I would learn uh, more about it. I had, I had lots of friends who were Baha'is, but I, you know, that's a private thing I talked about. And I started uh, attacking the scriptures, the writings of the founder of the faith. And like I did looking at Buddhist texts. And in one of the books, I ran right into the Lotus Sutra, the Dhammakanda. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but this, the guy who's writing these books is the son of a Persian prime minister in Iran. Yeah. In the 90s. And, you know, I mean, Iran does have relationships with Central Asia, but for the last thousand years, they've been pretty good. Well, <laughs> <laughs> many hundreds of years. <laughs> and and, and uh, so the argument is he's just another human being that has acquired this knowledge through the way all those other prophets of God, including Muhammad and Moses and Jesus. Uh, and uh, I went, well, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> But but the idea in the, in the Baha'i faith is like the World History Association, probably enough, which is uh, to know and love God right. uh, and contribute to the advancement of a progressive civilization. Of course, we have different ideas about what progressive mm-hmm. Baha'is mm-hmm. Uh, they have a pretty good idea because they're principles of the faith to, you know, uh, to, to guide them. Uh, but uh, once again, it's kind of like we have academics who are now looking at products of a globalizing world. We have a religion that's present in every country in the world where it's legal, uh, which is arguing the same thing. Uh, then you have, of course, the universal, you know, uni- uh, uh, people who, uh, Unitarianism has always been around for a long time, right? Yes. Uh, we have a lot of people that are kind of converging towards a higher understanding of the world. But in every one of them, there is the assumption that it doesn't have to be to grow to goodness right away. You know? Yeah. You're yeah. evolving. 
Uh, very often they they change because of a, a revelation from God, and they in some ways get better. Uh, but that doesn't mean they can't have one two steps forward and one step back. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think that's a good way of living. But because of that, because of that, uh, the meditation that's part of all the faiths I've studied, from Sufism to you know Buddhism, the Bible, yep. so. Yep. And transcendental meditation. That was my first one. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Not for long, but I wanted to understand what this Indian import yeah. you know, was, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there is a way of uh, not be... Uh, I'll give one example from, from the Quran. Sure, sure. Hadith. Uh, someone, uh, someone was asked, what was Muhammad like? You, you knew him all of uh, your life. And he said, well, all I can say is that not once did he ever say... Why did you do that? <laughs> yeah. and, and he never said, why didn't you do that? Oh, yeah. And, the, and, and the, the passage is clear. The answers to both of those questions are demeaning to the person who's being asked. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. That makes because sense. The only answer is I'm stupid, I'm incompetent, or whatever. Right. And it's clear that our job is to respect people and elevate them and love them. And if we can't do that, we're not going to get very far. Mm-hmm. And we've gone through a period of, uh, you know, in the United States of great growth in many respects, but we're all afraid of where that growth might lead us. You know, uh, digital equipment replacing, uh, you know, labor, human labor, without any moral or, uh, what do you call it, a socioeconomic way of dealing uh, with that process. Uh, and uh, these, these are going to be very, very stressful but if we all respect each other and love each other, uh, we can find a way through it working together. But we only usually do that when we're invaded by aliens. Have you noticed that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, Independence Day may be our only hope <laughs> because everyone just pulls yeah, together yeah, yeah. like crazy. And maybe global warming will actually, I, sure, I hope not. <laughs> There's yeah. going to be very little uh, drinking water available. Seas will rise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything is going to be dislocated. The population is going to shrink. Uh, yeah. And maybe, maybe uh, that will be a catalyst. Uh, I sure hope that that isn't. Uh, I'm very afraid that you know the CO2 levels this year have gotten greater than ever before. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Here in Hawaii, we're sensitive to all of those things. Uh, mm-hmm. Rise of three feet at sea level. We don't have white. Oh my God! Really? It's our economic uh, engine. And imagine property taxes to armor your coastline. Yeah, exactly. And things like that. So with Bangladesh, of course, there was actually someone uh, of a different ideological persuasion than me who said, no, it'd be easy, you know, to defend uh, Bangladesh's coastline, you know, by armoring it. Apparently, he's never actually looked at it, <laughs> how much, or looked at how much of uh, coastal Bangladesh is below sea level already. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it, and politicians won't address it because of the, you know why. So exactly, yeah, yeah. So you know, I, I'm, uh, but I'm very, I'm very optimistic about India because uh, it has the capacity for renewal. Uh, it's it's done it several times. Yeah. Uh, it uh, there are common cultural elements throughout all the diversity and in the differences uh, that people recognize they can be resolved. And of course, that was Gandhi's great teaching. You know, when he, he said, "There's nothing wrong with caste." It's just this idea that people are lesser. Yeah, uh, that's true. That's we all, you know, we, we all need to, have, what is it? Uh, we all have to serve somebody in some capacity. Mm-hmm. It's, some of that service is, is better than others, uh, that service. 
and he wasn't able to do anything with grief, you know, mm -hmm. uh, about it. And uh, uh, it is something that uh, I think as the economy expands, as it becomes, as caste breaks down because of the uh, uh, multiplicity, the diversity of the economy itself, uh, that'll be great. And uh, it, it's something that uh, uh, that capacity for synth synthesis, etc., is there. Uh, and if it's not enough, uh, people will come up with something else. It's been super fun learning with you. Thank you for taking the time to listen to me. Join me next week as we explore another part of the vast, mysterious lands of South Asia. I'm looking forward to exploring something new that you've never heard about next week. Talk soon.